It's the beginning of fall right now, even though it might feel like a second summer. So we thought we'd take a look at two very fall-inspired things. Uh, the 2000 cult classic Donnie Darko and the 2014, hopefully soon to be a cult classic, Over the Garden Wall. Welcome to the Crossroads Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Ryan. And I'm Rob. Let's start with the older one, like we typically do. 2001's Donnie Darko, written and directed by Richard Kelly, starring Jake Gyllenhaal, Maggie Gyllenhaal, Holmes Osborne, Jenna Malone, and Mary McDonnell, Drew Barrymore, and Patrick Swayze. Patrick Swayze. There's a lot of people in this movie. Noah Wiley, and the guy who plays Frank is in Independence Day. I can't think of his name off the top of my head, but he's only on screen as himself He's on screen for, a for like minutes. a minute. James Duvall. James Duvall. He's really well known in the indie scene, but he's probably most well known for Independence Day mm-hmm. and this movie as well. I don't recall seeing him in anything apart from Donnie Darko, but I've also never seen Independence Day. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's interesting. I don't like admitting that. I feel <laughs> like I lose some of my movie cred when I admit that. But um, We'll little... earn, earn some back. We're talking yeah. about Donnie Darko. <laughs> So, Donnie Darko has a very special place in my heart. This was my favorite movie for pretty much three of the four years of high school. I watched it countlessly. And then once I graduated, I just haven't watched it. And watching it for this was my first viewing in about six years. And I I think it holds up. I, I like it. It brought back a lot of memories for me. And I'm excited to dive into it. See, I'm kind of the same way. I'm a couple years older than you, so I probably discovered it around the same time, but I was in college when I found it, and it was one of those movies that I would watch and I would show people, like, this is, you know, a movie that you might get to know me a little bit more if you like this movie. And then I just haven't watched it since, like, 2012 or so. Yeah. And it was interesting revisiting it, because it definitely takes me back to a different time and place. Mm-hmm. Um, so... The premise of Donnie Darko is Jake Gyllenhaal plays the titular character, Donnie Darko. He is a schizophrenic teenage boy who eventually starts to see... He hallucinates about a giant bunny rabbit named Frank. And that sounds a little silly, (laughs) but it's a psychological horror movie. And Frank tells Donnie to do various crimes, each escalating as the movie goes on until it's epic conclusion. Not epic, but startling. Within Within the world that the movie takes place in, which is like reality plus Frank, it's Mm -hmm. definitely pretty epic because it's more than most people will deal with in their lives. Mm -hmm. But it's not like overwhelming. It's something you can kind of make sense of. Yeah. It's, as as far as psychological horror movies, it's pretty down to earth. Yes. But there is a little bit about time travel. It gets a little weird. And that's where people kind of either love the movie or hate the movie. Yeah. it's It treats time travel in a very different way than than uh, most things do. It's almost mundane how it mm-hmm. treats time travel. Like, it's, and very philosophical. Yes. There's that whole scene with the science teacher, but Donnie and the science teacher just discussing the philosophy of time travel like here's how it would work different explanations of it and eventually how it works within the movie's universe yes and that scene really 
if if you don't understand the movie by that scene, then you should probably turn it off. <laughs> <laughs> that that's that's where Donnie Darko gets like pretty deep, and maybe too deep for its own good. Yeah, it does kind of slow the proceedings down. It, it tries to make those scenes lively with some pop culture references and and some funny moments, but it can be pretty dry mm-hmm. if you're you know just trying to understand what the heck's going on on yeah. screen. So you said you haven't watched it in about six years, same as me. Yeah. Um, did you like it more this time or less? Um, it's difficult to say because I found some of it to be a little slow, especially some of the scenes in the beginning just seemed to drag when they're introducing the characters. And because of the way it goes, you're never really sure who's a main character and who isn't for a while. Mm-hmm. Some of the major characters don't even get names you remember. Like Donnie's two friends, they're just Donnie's idiot friends. I don't remember their names. Yeah, I've seen this movie countless times <laughs> and I do not know their names. Yeah, and then uh, I am always surprised to see Seth Rogen in this movie. It's his first movie. Yeah. He, he plays bully number two. Yeah. He has like, what, three or four lines of dialogue? He has a couple lines of dialogue he he's playing very much against type because he's this big quiet kind of mm-hmm. you know the muscle guy and the main bully's name is seth which is even funnier to me because he even calls seth at one point mm-hmm. and like well, who's he talking to seth green like who's the other seth that he <laughs> hang out with uh, it's um a lot of people in this became huge stars yeah seth jake john hall he was pretty big at the time too because this is right after vanilla sky okay isn't it I think it's right around the same time. It may have yeah. been before. I don't know. I'm I'm not an enormous Jake Gyllenhaal fan. I know a lot of people who are. Uh, my best friend is a big mm-hmm. uh, Jake Gyllenhaal fan. Um, I'm a big Jake Gyllenhaal fan. I've seen only a handful of movies, and mostly those are Netflix movies that he's mm-hmm. in. Uh, Okja is quite good. Okja, uh, Velvet Buzzsaw. Velvet he's doing something in that movie that i can't figure out i don't know what the heck's going on there i think he's great in everything he's in even before donnie darko and especially after donnie darko i think prisoners is jake john hall's best Ooh, performance. Yeah. yeah that's 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 a movie yeah we'll do that at some point oh of course um but then um jenna malone she's in tons yeah. of things we discussed her a couple weeks ago with um antebellum and i think a couple weeks before that can't remember what else she kind of goes through waves where she's not doing much and then all of a sudden Mm -hmm. she's in everything Mm -hmm. and this has been going on her entire career yeah she puts out like three movies at a time yeah and then doesn't do anything for a while yeah which you know if i mean she's always great Mm -hmm. so it's not for like not getting jobs she wants wants to projects yeah nothing wrong with that she works her ass off for a year takes a year (laughs) off yeah sounds great to me yeah seriously and then patrick swayze Mm -hmm. r.i.p he he was great in this He's he plays a. Pr- I mean, all the characters in this are kind of They're despicable, all shitty. but he's one of the worst. He, he deserves everything that happens to him. Yeah, but he also has to have all of this energy the whole like almost all the time he's on screen. The movie is weird. Like it takes place in this weird town where he you think he's this big deal that like travels the country, but he also lives in this small town he's they explain they introduce his character as a big deal and then as it goes on you realize he's just a local author yeah and he he wrote a book yes the uh the promo video even has like some bad filmmaking where the boom mic comes Mm -hmm. down (laughs) it's like a typical early 80s uh (laughs) infomercial yes this movie does take place in the 80s for reasons that i'll never really understand aside from like lack of technology because it looks cool yeah 
the music's great too. Oh yeah, the music is one of the most defining parts of this movie. Mm-hmm. I can't hear Killing Moon without thinking no. of the opening scene. No, not at all. Or Joy Division. Yeah, even um, the whole subplot with the dance troupe, which doesn't mm-hmm. really go. Well, I guess it kind of does. It but, goes somewhere, yeah. but it they kind of forget about it for a little bit and then come back to it for the final act. Yeah, but that song yeah. will always be associated with that dance to mm-hmm. me for the rest of my life. Yeah. Which is funny because that wasn't the original song. They choreographed it to a different song and played something else over it. What was it, the other song? I don't remember. I wish I knew. Mm. Um, but it, it fits perfectly. It, it works really, really well. Yeah. Getting into some spoilers now. Uh, the movie gets weirder. Turns out Frank is not just a giant bunny rabbit. He's actually a person in a giant bunny rabbit suit. Uh, and we find out later that's because uh, the whole time travel thing takes place throughout the month of October. And it comes to a conclusion on Halloween night. Yes. And Frank, the giant bunny, is a boy named Frank in a bunny costume. <laughs> and he travels through time to help Donnie get to where he needs to go on Halloween, around midnight on Halloween, in order to fulfill his life circle, would yeah. you say? The the movie calls it a tangent universe. The, somehow there is the, the plane, not really a crash, but the, the jet engine falls, and that creates a tangent universe because it's a large enough metal object to do that, to dislodge it from the rest of the time stream. And Donnie, being vaguely aware of it, is manipulated by um, by Gretchen and by Frank to be where he needs to be to prevent that from ha- like closing and killing mm-hmm. everyone else who's in that time loop. It's The movie is not as clear about it as I'd like it to be. It leaves a lot up to interpretation. Yes. And that, I think, works for it. Because if if this movie was so in your face, like, here's exactly what happened, I think it would be kind of stupid. Yes. But this leaves enough up to the viewer to where they can fill in the gaps and interpret it as how they want to. Yes, it's very more focused on mood and atmosphere than it is on plot. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I think that's part of the reason why some of the subplots never really seem to go anywhere. It's just like following Donnie for a month, just yeah. watching him live his life and be a teenager and then yes. <laughs> ultimately it does figure out the, what he needs to do. It does have some of the most accurate portrayals of teachers I've seen in mm-hmm. film. Uh, Drew Barrymore is a great English teacher yeah. in this movie. She was made for that role. She's, and she produced yeah. this movie too, yeah. so she obviously really enjoys the script. And you can just tell she's having a blast in her part. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She gets to do some interesting non-Drew Barrymore type stuff. Mm-hmm. She's a little awkward. She trips over her senses sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, she mortifies Gretchen when she walks in the, the first day. And then she gets fired and just yells, fuck, as loud as mm-hmm. uh, she can out <laughs> the, on the, the track uh, field. Yeah. yeah. Which, you know... On the worst day of my life, I went out and yelled fuck as loud as I could, kind of in reference to this movie. So, Did it help? A little bit, yeah. It became fun. <laughs> That's something I've never done, but I always wondered if it works. Yeah. It, it relieves some stress. Yeah. But then the gym teacher... I, all right. Is she a gym teacher or no? Because they say um, she is, but every time we see her on screen, it's like a philosophy class. I think she's supposed to be the gym slash health teacher. Okay. 
a lot of, at least in my school, the health teachers were all previous gym teachers. Okay. Um, so I think that's kind of, maybe that's just like even like a classroom, like a section of, of gym. It's supposed to be a health class, I think, but she's so obsessed with uh, Jim Cunningham stuff that she's showing that instead, which is just <laughs> the dumbest thing. Yeah. The, everyone in this town's obsessed with Jim Cunningham. <laughs> which makes it all the more just devastating yes devastating but also kind of cathartic Mm -hmm. i think because he didn't hurt anyone yeah that we know of he may have and that's that that's something that i never really thought about i thought he just collected unfortunate things but donnie uh under the guise of or under the influence of frank burns his house down revealing this whole thing yeah that's a subplot we won't get into but highly recommend watching the movie to figure out where that goes that scene when they're in the movie theater and uh they're watching evil dead it's my favorite scene of the movie Mm -hmm. it's uh it's just a microcosm of the entire thing i think it might be the most popular scene because that that frame of frank looking at Mm -hmm. donnie while gretchen's asleep is like the shorthand for the entire film yeah and it's got that line that every edgy high school kid says and wears on their shirt. Why are you wearing that stupid man suit? Yep. See, my favorite line in the movie is in that scene, but it's not that line. Have you ever seen a portal? Nope. Which one? I'm so sorry. Huh. Because, massive spoiler alert, Frank, alive Frank, who you encounter on the last day of, of the time loop, kills alive Gretchen. Mm-hmm. And because of that, both of them... because donnie kills frank as a result they're both unmoored in the time loop and donnie doesn't quite know what frank is saying yet but frank the human who's been manipulated by the time loop says that he's sorry and i've always liked that it's so ambiguous until you see the final act Mm -hmm. and then it all comes together this movie definitely benefits from a second third and fourth watch oh yeah watch it as many times as you feel like you need to I hated it the first time I saw it. Hated it. And even now, just like talking about it, I'm liking it more than I did when I was yeah. watching it. This is a movie that definitely benefits from discussion. Oh, yes. The first time I watched it, I think I saw it alone, and I was just like, what the hell did I just watch? And then I watched it again with friends, and that kind of sparked my love for the movie. Uh, my my college had a film club where once, maybe once a week, once every two, well, routinely they'd get together we'd watch a movie and then we'd talk about it and Donnie Darko was one of the first ones that I went to and it was definitely worth that discussion mm-hmm. because it, it uh, helped me kind of solidify my feelings about mm-hmm. it and understand it a bit more and that was nice so having seen this movie countless times over the last 20 years what's your f- what's your most up-to-date thoughts on this movie do you recommend it I do recommend it I'm not sure if it's everyone's cup of tea for mm-hmm. a number of different reasons but I think it's worth a viewing, certainly. Mm-hmm. At least one. How about you? I still think this is one of my favorite movies. Though I don't think it holds up as well now that I'm 15 years older than the first time I saw it. I still hold it deep in my heart as one of my favorite movies of all time. And I highly recommend it to anybody who likes a good psychological mm-hmm. thriller or just a weird sci-fi movie. But it's not for everyone. You can ask your sequel question. <laughs> Would you see the sequel S. Darko? I have seen the sequel and I wish that I hadn't. 
I saw the trailer for that when they dropped, and I, I thought to myself, I'm never going to watch As Darko. Never. It's, and I still have not seen it. You made the right choice. I did watch it. It's trying so hard to to do what the original just does effortlessly. And no one except for Divai Chase is involved. The younger sister. Right? Yeah. yeah. No one else is involved from the original film. And it's obvious. So just real quick, what's the synopsis of S. Darko? I didn't even get that far into um, my research for it. I don't really, there wasn't really a plot. Like there's a soldier that kind of wanders around who might be unstuck in time. And she's, uh, Samantha is kind of, you know, still recovering from the death of her brother. And like, I don't remember, it's trying so hard to be weird. Mm -hmm. It feels like it's more Twin Peaksy than anything else. Okay. It's not. I'm, I'm good on that. <laughs> yeah, I think you made the right choice. Right. Let's, uh, unless you have anything else to add, let's move on to 2014's Over the Garden Wall. Now, Over the Garden Wall isn't exactly a movie. It's a 10-episode miniseries on Cartoon Network, each episode roughly 10 minutes. So it equals to about an hour and 50 minutes. Yeah. And it's very episodic, but it does feel like a film, especially the last three episodes. Oh, yeah. And it stars Elijah Wood, Christopher Lloyd. Tim Curry Tim has an Curry. appearance. Uh, John Cleese is in it. Uh the thing about Over the Garden Wall is that it's really hard to discuss because it's so it's so perfect at being exactly what it wants to be. Mm -hmm. There's basically nothing to criticize about it, but it's also so not plot heavy, but it it's much bigger than it feels like at the beginning, so it's kind of hard to get into without spoiling it a bit. Yeah. But I think it's basically perfect. I agree. There's two episodes I really don't like, and I actually skipped on this viewing. Which ones? Um, the third episode with the schoolhouse. I like that one. And I can't stand <laughs> it. And not the entire episode, but the third to last when they fall asleep and go into that dream world. Yeah, I always I I skip the dream world. <laughs> They're, I, I mean, I understand where you're coming mm -hmm. from, but those are they're very much um greg stories yeah and they're much lighter than the other stories it, it's not that i don't like them all right i don't like the schoolhouse <laughs> one but the dream one it, it just i think it kind of ruins the pacing for me because that episode feels so dire and then mm. it cuts to eight minutes of dreamland i see where you're coming from because it does feel a little bit like filler they're basically the only two parts that aren't really like super plot related mm-hmm but I like them just because they're very old school animation. That's one thing I do like about them. The animation in those episodes specifically is very different from the rest of the show. And it feels like a 30, 40 style cartoon. Oh yeah. This, or this, uh, this series is very unstuck in time in terms of its references. Mm -hmm. Where there'll be... It feels like it's colonial time a lot of the time. Then they'll reference more recent things. And you're like, what? How does that work? And eventually start figuring stuff mm -hmm. out. Yeah, it's it's so good that I really just kind of want to say <laughs> heavily recommended. It just exudes fall. Yeah. It just feels like fall the entire time. Yeah, the, the the whole thing basically takes place in on Halloween. Yeah, between in in October. In October Not... and November, getting into yeah. the winter a little bit towards the end. Yeah. There's snow on the ground at the end, at any rate. But um, 
Let's give a quick little synopsis. Yeah. I realize we forgot to do that. Um, so we're and Greg are brothers. One Greg is what, five or six? I don't think it's specific. No, so. no older than eight, I'd okay. say. And then Wirt has to be about 16. Somewhere in there, yeah. Maybe 15. He seems a little immature. And it starts with them wandering through the woods and suddenly they're lost. And that's how it starts. And the rest of the show is them trying to get out. They get help from various creatures, including a bluebird, a school teacher, a giant pumpkin man, which is my favorite episode. <laughs> um, a the, woodsman, the woodsman. The woodsman who has a very important role yeah. later on. And the demonic beast that is hunting them. Yeah. Who's such a great villain because you never really see him. And there's one, like one frame where you see him and it's, it's terrifying. It's, it's, it's bad. It's very gross for a cartoon network show. That one frame really took me by surprise. Yeah. It, it's a real quick, if you blink, you'll miss it. Mm-hmm. But if you catch it, it sticks with you. Yeah. It, it's the only real limitation on this was that it was made sensibly for children on the children's network but it gets dark it's geared towards adults oh yeah i think the fact that they had it on cartoon network actually helps it it makes it more creative yes because if it was on like say adult swim it could have just been really over the top violent and this is a show that shouldn't be that i really like the charm that oozes from the atmosphere each each episode even though it's a pretty dark series, there's still some really fun moments. Mm-hmm. There's the whole bit when they're on a boat with frogs. That's just delightful. I love when there's like two episodes, you see a fish in a boat fishing. <laughs> yeah. And every time I see it, I can't help but just <laughs> laugh. The, the show has, Over the Garden Wall has so much imagination mm-hmm. for it. And I really want to see what these creators do next. Yeah. Patrick McHale had been working on it for a long time mm-hmm. when he got the go-ahead. And I think it was his idea to limit it to only 10 episodes. I think it started as a YouTube series. Like, yeah. he had a couple shorts on there. There's one short that's on the DVD that's uh, The Tome of the Unknown. Yeah. With uh, the farmer, John Crops, who plays <laughs> plays Banjo. And it's it's a nice little microcosm of what the, of what the show became. Mm-hmm. But it's a little bit less focused and... I think what the show ended up being is just fantastic. I'm really happy it was only 10 episodes. It, it's the perfect length. If it was any longer, it would have overstayed its welcome. And I think if they did a season two, it wouldn't be nearly as good. No, it, They put everything they had into this, mm-hmm. into these 10 episodes, and it shows. I mean, there's not a wasted moment as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. And the animation, it's not movie quality, but it's better than your average Dark Network series at any rate. Yeah, you can tell they really took inspiration from old-timey mm-hmm. cartoons. And like they have a love for just classic hand-drawn animation. Oh, yeah. Some of it was, not all of it was, but some of it was hand-drawn. Yeah. Uh, it's typical now to do a lot of stuff in various flash mm-hmm. forms and things like that, but Especially the Highwaymen's dance, that was that was hand drawn. Was it? Yeah, I like the, the Highwaymen. Yeah, the um, the uh, the animation director who doesn't normally animate stuff by himself anymore did that by himself because he wanted to make sure it was perfect. And That's it's, awesome. It's so cool. It's only like twenty seconds long, but it's amazing. What's your favorite episode? That's re- That's a really tough question because I love so many of them. All right, um, who's your favorite side character then? probably quincy endicott 
the crazy tea magnate <laughs> because he you think he's a murderer but mm-hmm. he's just kind of gone loopy and that's it's a story that kind of ends on a happy note mm-hmm. plus you have uh frank oh, fred the horse i think around. it's fred <laughs> i want to steal <laughs> <laughs> i would watch a uh, fred the horse spinoff if it was 10 minutes i'd watch it <laughs> um do you have a favorite episode yeah i really like the second one with the the pumpkin people because mm-hmm. it's like kind of creepy but also silly and yeah. then there, there's a slight mystery involved and once it gets resolved it's not really a mystery at all yeah. and it, it's just a fun episode and then i really like the second to last episode where it kind of explains what's going on yeah. like the before the woods and i think that's just a fun little breather episode it is it the show is very good about pacing itself to have the darker ones offset by mm-hmm. the lighter episodes yeah it's like every other is a darker yeah it's it's really it really works it does kind of give it an episodic feel but i think that also plays in its favor mm-hmm. where the pacing is actually really good yeah cuz each episode starts with Wirt and greg just walking and almost bickering yeah and then they get into the situation situation ends and then they go on their way you so it 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 paces itself without having that downtime in between scenes yes because it skips a lot of that stuff it's implied that happened between episodes yeah um like we always come into the end of a conversation yeah kind of like seinfeld (laughs) yes but it works Mm -hmm. because as it goes the two brothers are becoming closer they're kind of getting over their issues with each other Mm -hmm. which is nice um by the by the end of their run they're singing songs together which is very sweet uh there's there's one episode that's that's especially dark um when they go to the house that tim curry's character auntie whispers owns and there's uh i think that's the fifth episode episode. it's like the halfway point yeah and fifth or sixth and um with the bell right yeah Yeah. there's the demon that possesses the poor girl and Mm -hmm. it's it's a good one yeah that's probably the scariest like the darkest one until you get to the very end but it's it's great how show can do that and also Mm -hmm. do um in the very next episode they're just on a a frog boat (laughs) and it it, neither of them feels like they don't belong Mm -hmm. it's it's brilliant how well that's done i love the world yeah oh the world building is phenomenal Mm mm-hmm there's a reason why people are kind of upset there's not more of this as much as i want more of it i also think the 10 episodes is just perfect yes you don't want something to run i don't want it to run itself into the ground yes you want you want firefly you don't want you know like something supernatural (laughs) yes exactly but there's like comics out that i don't know if greg and Wirt are in it i've read some of them they're in some of them i've not read all of them uh the the drawing style is pretty close to the show's animation style it's not a hundred percent but it's pretty close are they worth checking out uh i think so um just because more time spent in that world is pretty cool even Mm. though it doesn't really match just the magic of of the show a lot of the show for me is the music oh yeah each episode has a a dedicated song (laughs) and they're all just really fun, catchy tunes. Yes. Sometimes they're sung by a character. Sometimes they're just sort of like background music. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's almost like a character of its own. And there's some of them are just like are just great. Even the one you <laughs> the episode you don't like. There's the the uh, 
the ABC song from that the woman who's just oh, yeah. waiting for her her boyfriend to come back. The song I do like in that episode is molasses and potatoes. <laughs> potatoes and molasses, yes. I I laugh every time when Greg's pouring the molasses on the potatoes, but it won't come out, and it's just like a thirty second shot of the molasses dropping from the the jug. I, I can't help but find that extremely yes. funny. There's a there's a great YouTube channel called Scottoon Network. That, oh, I like them. Yeah. yeah, he he did covers of a couple of those songs, including Potatoes and Molasses. Oh, nice. And that's definitely worth checking out. Yeah, it's a, the music helps really make the show. There's the episode where they're uh, they're in the tavern. There's a bunch of silly songs, and that's where the Highwayman song is. The Highwayman. When you first meet Fred the Horse. <laughs> Basically, what I'm saying is, watch over the garden wall. Yeah. It is the perfect time for it. November is a great time to get into the show. And the the good thing about over the garden wall is, if you if you don't like the first episode, you can just stop yeah. because the rest of the show feels like that. Yeah. And I don't think I, I can't think of anyone I've shown this to who didn't at least finish it, if not mm-hmm. fall in love with it. It's the, the first time I watched it. I like got home from work early and i watched the whole thing and then my roommates at the time came home later and i was like you guys need to watch the show and i watched it again with them and it's it's just a fun show that i think everybody will find something to like out of it yeah i mean a friend of mine met her husband when they went they both went to a movie night and they watched that movie and they they met and fell in love and got married and they're not having a child so this the show is so good it it creates life (laughs) Are they naming the baby Wirt? Uh, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't think so. I, oh. I think it's a girl, actually. Oh. So maybe Beatrice. Beatrice. <laughs> but I highly recommend it, just as much as Ryan. Um, this would I give us a solid A plus. Yeah, it, it's near perfect. Apart from that one episode <laughs> that I don't care for, it's a solid. But I like that episode, so I will still recommend. Right. It. <laughs> so it's like a nine point five for me <laughs> and a ten for Ryan. Yes. <laughs> so next week. We're going to do something we haven't done in a while and do a new movie for once. Yeah, um, I'm excited for this one. Yeah. Christopher Landon, I believe, is the director. Yeah, the dude who did Happy Death Happy Day. Happy Death Day. And, and Happy Death you. Day to you. And I think one of the Par- Paranormal Activity movies. I'm not sure. Uh, but he has a new movie out called Freaky that's coming out on Friday. Starring Vince Vaughn. Yes. And I was hesitant, but I saw the trailer today. It actually looks really good. I haven't seen the trailer yet, just the YouTube ad, yeah. and I'm going in as blind as possible. I know the basic premise, and I'm very excited. Yeah. It's the, it's a similar kind of thing to uh, Happy Death Day, where it kind of takes a 80s TV or 80s movie trope and then makes it into a horror movie. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking forward to seeing Vince Vaughn just kind of not be terrible for once. I like Vince Vaughn. <laughs> But we're gonna do we're gonna pair Freaky with Freaky Friday. Yeah. Unless any of you have a better suggestion. <laughs> yeah. Well, let us know. Uh, I'm looking forward to digging into these ones, mm-hmm. and we will see you again next time in the crossroads. See you at the crossroads.